Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. And good morning to my co-host, Steve McDonald. This is Nick Jeans here, by the way. You probably know that, but Steve McDonald. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nick. Lovely to see you here this morning. Lovely to be back once again. You've got that weirdo t-shirt on again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, well, what should I say? It's my Erowid t-shirt. Erowid, yes. Yeah. Anagram for weirdo, I pointed out the other week, too. Exactly. I was like, There's something true. funny about this word. It's I'm, a made-up <laughs> word. They made it up. I know. Yeah. I think they made it up from the word weirdo, clearly. Uh, but that's good. Nothing like being a weirdo in this world. <laughs> if you, for those of you who might not know, erawid.org mm, is yeah. a wonderful uh, online resource uh, all about drugs. <laughs> yeah, so if you're a, a, a researcher yeah. of some kind, you might like to um, check out erawid.org. It has a, a wonderful, it's like an encyclopedia basically, mm. all sorts of different information about mm. More medicines, which drugs and medicines. medicines. Yes, absolutely, yeah. It's actually very widely used by uh, the medical profession around the world, I understand, particularly in the US. Mm. Uh, when people turn up at a hospital and they've taken something strange and they need to look it up and see what it is. All right, very interesting. Now today on Future Sense, we're going to be talking somewhat about problem solving. It's pretty obvious out there in the world that there are a lot of quote-unquote problems. So we're hearing. Mm. So we're hearing. So we're hearing from everywhere. There's disruptions in so many countries around the world, as reported by many news outlets this week or so, particularly the ABC. And growing dissatisfaction too. Growing dissatisfaction, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how we approach problem solving from the point of view of the different value systems and how when we move through the value systems, our problem solving strategies change. And uh, we'll look in the first part of the show at the first tier value systems. So everything from hunter gatherer through tribal, egocentric, authoritarian, corporate, uh, scientific, industrial, and the emerging paradigm relativistic. And just see how the the approach to problem solving changes, and then of course uh, in the second half of the show we'll talk about second tier problem solving, which is just a whole new ball game again. Yeah, you're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Yeah, you're tuned to Future Sense here with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Here we're talking today about problems and problem solving, and of course you can always text in on our text line here zero four three seven three four triple one nine zero four three seven three four triple one nine and um, you can uh, it comes up on the screen here anything you'd like to contribute to the conversation or bring our attention to we're happy to receive so problems oh, i don't know if i have any yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> yes i do what am i what am I talking about yeah don't. we don't have enough time on today's show to discuss your problems nick oh thank uh, you very much let's look at the global would, problems would, instead it's would, a shorter would, list yeah shorter <laughs> list that's right thank you very much thank you very much uh, the word problem actually it comes uh, i discovered actually not that long ago from the late 14th century means it's pretty obvious of course a difficult question proposed for a solution from the old french problem and directly from latin 
um, a task, uh, that which is proposed, a question. Also, anything projecting, like a headland or a promontory or a fence or a barrier. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and other things. And also, literally, a thing put forward. And it made me think about how uh, whenever the, the idea of a problem arose, so to speak, uh, more, you know, more in the front of the mind somewhere. It it's sort of shows a, perhaps an evolution of of, uh, of thinking forward more in human in humanity from at some point in the past. I guess that's what we're going to look at those different uh, layers and how they've expressed that. Yeah, I, you know, it's fair to say that uh, our evolutionary driver is really uh, oriented around problem solving, and and it's you know it's it's being stretched problems arriving that we can't solve that has actually been provided the tension for yeah. our, our development and yeah. our at a personal level and our evolution at a species level. Mm. So problems have been pretty important. Uh, yeah, and, and even country. just what you've just said there is is quite challenging to a lot of thinking. I would imagine that to think that that's actually what has driven us and still drives us forward yeah. as we as we evolve on this planet. Yeah, it is. It mm. is. And I, you know, I think more enlightened folks look back on their life and sort of are grateful for the problems that have arisen, which have changed them. You know, which have expanded yes. them along the way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is that a text coming in? Yeah, I've just been informed uh, from. Uh, I saw my little chuckle there. Uh, congratulations, two years of future sense this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thanks me. for that. Yeah, we, we'll have a party any minute. Yeah. Come on in. Come yeah, on down. Wow. We'll do a cake. We'll do drinks or some other appropriate Wacko. medicines, and we'll we'll enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Celebration. Uh, it is a bit early for that sort of thing, but, you know, it's it's late somewhere in the world, that's for sure. And hello out there, by the way, anywhere else in the world, if you're listening uh, on our podcast, of course, and we'll come back to details about that a bit later. But uh, thanks for joining us from wherever you are in the, in the world, in the known universe and beyond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we're going to start out looking at first-tier value systems. Mm. So from a, a developmental point of view for individuals, we're talking about from the most basic behaviours that you would see in a newborn child right through our growth to a mature adult. Mm. And uh, we're going to explore the full range of first-tier value systems. So some people, depending on the complexity of their life conditions, might not develop in this life right through the, the first uh, six value systems in the first tier of consciousness, according to Claire Graves' model. Um, and it really depends on their, their, the problems that they face, because the more complex the problems are, the more mm. likely they are to, to have to be stretched to next level to thinking mm. and, and problem-solving approaches. But uh, at the I, well, before I just uh, dive into the different value systems, I just want to distinguish between the uh, individually oriented or masculine themed value systems and the communal themed mm. uh, feminine systems. So we start out at, at a species level, I'll, I'll talk uh, at hunter-gatherer, which is an individually oriented system, and then we progress to traditional tribalism, which is a feminine system, and you can see that those are two, obviously uh, mm. two uh, quite different ways of living, and, and you can imagine this is like a pendulum that swings backwards and forwards. and when we go one way so you know when we go into uh, traditional tribalism the pendulum swinging to the communal side of the the swing and it will reach an extreme and and we'll start to feel like there's too much community and not a much individual not enough individuality mm-hmm. uh, and that can often feel kind of suffocating and so that that's the tension that then drives the pendulum back the other way and then we swing back and mm-hmm. we move to the next value system um, which at a species level is egocentric or power oriented warlike mm-hmm. uh, individually uh, themed, of course, 
And in the individual systems, we want to change the outside world. So our focus is very much on the outside world, not so much on ourselves, mm. although we've, we're very self-centered in terms of our behavior. So we want to, yeah, we curious want to satisfy mm. ourselves, but we do that by changing the world to suit what, mm. what we need. And in the communal systems, uh, it's the opposite. So we are actually uh, internally focused and we want to conform. We, we want to know how do I change myself to conform with mm. the, the way the world is and the way I need to be. And there's an element of sacrifice in that, isn't there? there absolutely. Yeah. In yeah. fact, Claire Graves used the terms uh, self-expression for the individual uh, yeah. systems and self-sacrifice for the communal yes. systems. Yeah. 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 yeah, and we're right now at the moment uh, in terms of speaking in, in uh, a vast generalization, the, the global uh, paradigm that's dominant right now is a individually oriented system that's been all about changing the world. And haven't we changed it? We've done a great job of changing the world. And we've solved a lot of problems, which is the way this structure works, the way it is. We have. Uh, but in true. doing so, we create a whole raft of new problems. And it's pretty clear, and especially why we chose, I guess, this this. Uh, topic this morning is because clearly in the press there's a, a lot of articulation about the many uh, disruptions and dissatisfaction, I think you said earlier, of people in many countries in the world with the systems under which they live, and understandably so. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and and so, and so with the communal systems, we're looking to uh, change ourselves. And you can see lots of evidence out there, out there right now, you know, people marching the streets, calling for change, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, asking our leaders to change the way that they lead and all those sorts of things. Mm. Very interesting. So um, often with the, in terms of problem solving, often with the individual systems, because it's focused on satisfying your own needs and changing the world to suit yourself, the, the strategies often are based around manipulative behavior uh, of trying to use raw force or strategy to cause other people to behave differently yeah. or you know, change whatever it is that you need changed. Uh, and ultimately for, for personal gain to suit me, and in the communal systems, often the, the, or usually the problem solving is around conformity, you know, urging conformity, telling people to abide by whatever moral law is uh, normal for you. Yes. Um, and sometimes that can also, you know, they can also use force to impose that moral law as well. And in the first uh, value system, which is at an individual level, we're talking about instinctive behavior, uh, and at a species level, hunter-gatherer type behavior. So it's it's very much really just acting according to your needs and your instincts and uh, we're talking there about the old freeze flight or flight instincts mm. um, and there really isn't enough or isn't much data around this particular value set uh, because when Graves did his research back in the 50s and 60s there really weren't any hunter-gatherers around for him to study and he, he did a bit of a remote study of a tribe in uh, the Philippines called yeah. the Tassaday tribe. But again, he, all the information for, that he gathered from then, as I understand it, was off the internet. Um, so we, we really can't speak in too much detail to that. And I'm, I'm trusting that in the future, you know, more science, better science will emerge. Yeah. That'll allow us to understand that level of existence a bit better. Of course, the freeze of flight um, and uh, fight um, syndrome if you will is, is still we still have that with us we to do. some degree I mean, yeah. it is embedded in us and uh, and kept there when necessary and sometimes it is necessary to have those that's right approaches and, to and life you know probably we've all experienced that at some point that we've spiraled down to that base level of existence and uh, mm. either found ourselves freezing or being extremely frightened and perhaps uh, running away mm. or uh, feeling inclined to fight yeah. And defend ourselves physically, yeah. And there are appropriate responses 
sometimes to, to life situations. They are, absolutely. And yeah. it's important in this discussion that we have around these value systems to understand that it's a completely dynamic system. So even if you might be living life normally at you know one of the relatively complex value systems, all it takes is a rapid change in your life conditions, which can happen in an instant. Yeah. With, you know, have something like a, a car crash or some sort of an accident yeah. or... Uh, an emergency and you can find yourself spiraling very very quickly down to those lower order um, more simple value yeah. sets you're faced with a poisonous snake that just suddenly appears on your doorstep you nearly step on and then you're going to immediately go into that one of those responses yeah, quite possibly unless <laughs> of course you're a snake catcher or something like that yeah we know a few of those and thank god you're out there folks because you, you're not me <laughs> i'm not you <laughs> um and so the second system is the traditional tribal system and we're talking about the kinds of tribes that you would find still living very happily according to these values in places like the, the highlands of Papua New Guinea mm. or certain places uh, in Africa and Asia and other countries. And uh, being a communal system, it's very much about conformity. And at that basic tribal level, it's about following the customs and ways of the ancestors. And, and so the problem-solving strategies are very much about referring to those customs and those old ways and, and this is why in those societies, you know, not following the customs is such an important thing because yeah. it's tied to the very survival of, of the tribe through mm. history, mm. you know, with long, long-term thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's the most important is that the tribe survives and yeah. if necessary, uh, an individual may be sacrificed, so to speak, in one way or the other for the survival of the, of the tribe. Yeah, being a communal system, it's all about community benefit. It's mm. driven by community benefit and people will sacrifice themselves because it's a self-sacrifice system. That's mm. exactly right. And, and those problem-solving strategies are passed down through oral traditions, songs and stories, uh, and uh, instructions in those songs and stories about how to follow the natural cycles of nature and how to follow the ways that have always served us to survive through thousands, tens of thousands of years. And of course, there is a lot of wisdom in these that we can still source and resource. So it's not that they have passed away and disappeared and are not relevant anymore. They are relevant, as we see in the, the rediscovery of many of the, the great indigenous traditions, including in this country, and the respect that we're hopefully starting to afford to these, uh, these value systems which themselves have a lot of have their own in integrity within themselves totally yeah absolutely and, and and just as we can spiral down to the the basic survival mm. hunter gatherer gatherer values you know we can also spiral down to everything in between so sometimes this particular value set will be fully appropriate you know in in everyday life yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, these things aren't restricted to certain uh, groups of people or certain races or certain locations they're actually uh, they apply to everybody as far as we can see you know every time someone's tested um, or you know continue to research this developmental psychology model they've always found that it seems to apply across all mm. customs and well, I guess even uh, the family structure the traditional more traditional family structure which we still have very much in much part many parts of the world is in a sense this kind of tribal thing within it that, is. that's the most important thing that tribal gathering of the family itself yeah yeah yeah, that's right. Hmm. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. Just gone on 39.36 here on Future Sense this morning with Steve and myself, and we're talking about problem solving. Yeah. And we're just going through the first tier value systems and looking at how they tend to solve problems. And there are a number of things that are common to all of the first tier value systems. One is that fear is a major driver mm. of behavior. So our fears, of course, change over time. 
but uh, ultimately we're often driven by fear and you see that of course in uh, the daily news because the mainstream news service pretty much is all about fear mm. and um, each value system has its own compulsions so there are various compulsive behaviors that, that uh, manifest depending on which value system we're in at the time and uh, as I said uh, previously it's a dynamic thing so we can spiral up and down through these value systems depending on the, the complexity of our life conditions in the moment yeah and uh, one of the tricky things is that when we're interacting with other people, we can't directly sense other value systems when we're in these first tier uh, layers of consciousness. What we do pick yeah. up is that people don't behave like us, some of them. And we tend to think that our behavior is the right way to live because it works for us, which is quite logical. Yeah. And anyone who's not behaving the way that we behave, then they've got a problem of some sort. Yes. So sometimes even when there isn't a problem, we can see a problem and, and be compelled to try and fix it because someone else has different values than ours. Or I guess sometimes we go internally and say, why aren't I like that? Because I like the, that person's different and I, I want to be like them. And so you sort of go so and try and adjust yourself from within to some degree. Problem. You can cross that problem off Yes, that's right. Yeah, I don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think again. And we can, you know, you can look at work such as uh, Claire Graves' model that we're discussing here and you can learn these different things intellectually mm. and try and apply them logically and that can be useful you know it can be useful just to be aware that there are different value systems and then start to teach yourself you know as you sort of experience people behaving different ways that okay that may actually be behavior yeah. from this particular value system uh, and so we can learn uh, some kind of structure like this it can be useful uh, but we're always faced with that limitation that we can't actually directly sense the value systems. They don't jump out at us like mm -hmm. they do when we're in second tier systems. And we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. Um, and there's a built-in rejection of other value systems that that um, leads us, as I said, to basically label people as wrong um, in some way if their values don't conform with ours. So um, we, we've spoke... Uh, about the, the basic hunter-gatherer type values and then the tribal values and we're on the third layer now which is what Claire Graves called egocentric or a power-based value system where might becomes right and this is individually based it results from us being or feeling smothered in the tribal system and then busting out of that to, and wanting to do our own thing uh, which again is a perfectly logical sort of sequence of events and when you're in the, the this power-oriented system it's kind of like the only tool you've got is a hammer and everything looks like a nail. So, so every problem can be solved by force. And if someone has a problem, it means they're not using enough force. Uh, yes. and, and so we, we hello Chinese government we, Hong Kong well you know what I, I I have really noticed in Hong Kong that the Chinese government has been holding itself back that's very true miraculously you know, so, so that mm -hmm. indicates a shift in their values you know that Maybe they're, so. they're able to restrain themselves whereas in the past you know of course it hasn't been the mm -hmm. case um, and, and it's you know this is part of basic human behavior it's not just uh, related to China mm. There are many, many countries that have just relied on brute force to solve problems in the past yeah. and, and present and in the future as well. Um, so, yeah, so uh, it's the, the simple strategy at layer three is, okay, uh, if it's not working, we need to uh, use a bigger hammer or apply force, force a person to do what we want them to do, force the world to be the way that we want it to be. And ultimately, being an individually oriented, oriented system, the ultimate aim is to satisfy ourselves in some way yeah. uh, and uh, it's also interesting to note that when we get put under pressure 
often the tendency is to spiral down to a previous value system. And that, again, is a fairly logical sequence of events because when everything's fine, we're living life according to the values that we mostly use. And then when we run into a problem, it kind of implies that our, our value system isn't working. And so the natural thing is to regress to a previous value system. And for some people, that can mean spiraling down into this power-oriented kind of behavior. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we're seeing this happen at a global level right now, where clearly our modern scientific industrial values are failing us, and our systems that have been designed from that value set are not working so well, and so the tendency is to regress. And that's why we're seeing people regress to the, the fourth layer, which is very much a, a communal and conformist layer, and, uh, and, and very rigid in its thinking around possibilities usually with layer four there's only one right way to do anything and that one right way can depend on which particular authority that we subscribe to so if it's a religious authority then the, the rules the list of rules is being provided quite often by god herself or god himself <laughs> um, but it also can be you know it can be nationalistic where it's the government that provides the rules any kind of uh, authoritarian system um, can provide those rules for us. So in our problem solving, we're, we're working from a strong moral imperative. And for each of the communal systems, because they are oriented around conforming in order to uh, collaborate and, and live happily as a community, uh, there's always a strong moral law that comes with it, a moral imperative. So so the, the initial tendency for layer four is to try and, is okay, I've run into a problem here and uh, if it's a if we're dealing with other people the imperative is to urge those people to conform to our set of rules yes. you know you're not getting it right because you're doing it the wrong way you need to do it the right way and um and so there'll be an attempt to enforce compliance hmm. uh, and ultimately being a communal system the aim is community benefit again yeah, and I guess you see that close to home at the moment with uh, the the noise that our prime minister is making about um, environmental action against uh, businesses or groups that are, for example, supporting a, the Adani coal mine. One one example of that. That's right. Yeah. So you, since he's coming from a different value set than yeah. the people who are protesting, yes. uh, he sees different problems. Right. So the people who are protesting see the problems as the destruction of uh, the environment. And yeah unsustainable uh, industry and those sorts of things mm. and, and his problem is uh, it's all about business you know these people need to do their business and, yeah. and so you guys are the problem and you need to fit with our value set yes and that's a great example of this you know um, usual way of, of trying to impose your own values mm. on other people mm. we do it all the time when we're operating from first tier and um, it, I just got an interesting message. We, we just oh, yes. take a little sidetrack here. Yes, for those we get, of you we get messages be, while we're on air quite often. We, and thanks for that, do. folks. Don't stop doing that. We do enjoy it, and we sort of bring them in quite often to what we're discussing. We love as it. appropriate. And this is from one of our regular listeners, uh, Conrad, who's in Melbourne. And uh, Conrad uses an app which is called uh, a phone app. It's called the Disaster Protection App. Uh, on the lookout for approaching problems, and uh, you can get that. Uh, in the the uh, Apple App Store and probably in the, the uh, Android stores as well, and it, they've just the people who uh, can, who uh, work with that app they've just sent out a cosmic ray health alert. Now this might sound a little bit uh, left field for some folks out there, but there is really good science out there about 
the impact of cosmic rays on people yeah. in various ways. And one of the ways that uh, they found through their studies that it impacts us is if you've got some kind of a um, pacemaker or electronic device that interacts with your heart, then mm. the cosmic rays can cause electrical interference yeah. and malfunction of mm. those devices. Uh, so there's a there's a cardiac risk there, um, and there's other research as well that I've seen which points to emotional instability arising from a higher incidence of cosmic ray impact. And at the moment we're going through a period of uh, low level sun activity, so the sun's very quiet right now. And what that means is that the solar wind that normally blows over the Earth when the sun's more active is greatly reduced and that solar wind normally protects us from cosmic ray impact so with the solar wind dying down and the sun moving towards grand solar minimum over the next uh, few years we're going to see more cosmic ray impact and i think we've got a lot more to learn about what that means for us and the impact on, on people um, but uh, like i said there's already some good science out there which implies that this can cause health risks it can cause emotional instability and some of the other things uh, that they're pointing to in this alert that's come from the app and and i i haven't really got any uh, science that I can pull off the top of my head to to back this up, but this is what they're saying anyway. They're they're saying that people auto with autoimmune issues may mm. be at risk, uh, and um, people who suffer from cognitive decline may also be impacted. And it's fascinating, I guess, in terms of what we're talking about today and problem solving that these that science is able to look at these at cosmic rays, at sun activity, and much more than that, and begin the science is beginning to come in with regards to the influence on ourselves, on humans, on other life on the earth and so forth, that this is a whole new set of problems that is emerging in this time because we're becoming becoming capable of addressing these problems. Yeah, so as we move through these value systems, our area of interest expands. Yeah. And so if you look back in history, you can see that we've gone from living within a, a relatively small contained area, like for example, the, you know, the traditional tribal, yeah. you know, you've got your tribal boundaries and you live within your tribal boundaries. And then as we evolved through history, we eventually got to the point where we could sail around the world and figure out that the world was round. Uh, most of us believe that now. What? And, uh, Hang on. And then, so we, you know, so we no. started thinking about all these other countries that we, where we visited when we sailed around the world and yeah. the fact that, okay, we're living on a planet with all these different countries and there's uh, more complexity and, yeah. and more issues for us to think about. And we're getting to the point now where our thinking, our area of interest is expanding beyond the planet, you know, fairly mm. considerably. We're thinking about going to Mars mm. and we're paying attention to things like cosmic rays that we maybe wouldn't have paid attention to yes. previously. And for some people in value systems that don't extend that far, you know, that where the area of interest really doesn't extend that far, then, then it's quite common for them to ridicule these things. And in fact, the word cosmic itself has been used as an adjective to describe things that are way out or yeah. ridiculous. Yes. Uh, so it, it even sounds a bit funny saying cosmic rays. Um, it's funny in terms of that because the word, I often quote this, the word disaster um, is actually the word disaster, which means fallen from the stars, which means being out of alignment with the cosmic. So, you know, we, we actually, from the from the past, we have the word in English that actually describes uh, our relationship to the, the greater cosmos, in fact. That's right. And that when we're out of alignment, that's when things happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's almost like somebody visited from other planets and told yeah. us about that at some time in the past. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, where were we? We were problem solving, weren't we? We were problem solving. 
Right. So, um, yes, we were talking about layer four and this really rigid thinking, very rigid set of rules, and the, the best way to solve problems is to make sure that everybody abides by those rules. Mm. And that is playing out at the moment as our modern uh, scientific, industrial, corporate-controlled governments have regressed back down the spiral. They've gone rather layer four, and now they're rigidly trying to enforce everything by listening to mm. everything that we say, including this broadcast, I'm sure. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Peter Dutton. How are you, mate? And, uh, I, I hope we're not seen as nonconformist by saying that, but this is this is the reality of what's going on right now. Oh so you can see how that behaviour plays out. You know, as the problem gets more difficult, then we regress further, regress further. Yeah. So first of all, from from a modern viewpoint, you know, we'll try the normal strategies of, of uh, uh, delicate manipulation and uh, chasing profits and those sorts of things. And if they don't work, then we'll regress to the being the rigid uh, lawmaker and saying, well, you know, these are really the rules, and you should abide by them. And we're going to put cameras everywhere and listen to everything you say to make sure that you are abiding by the rules. And then, of course, if that doesn't work, the next step down the spiral would be to start going to brute force. Tanks in Tiananmen Square, for example, yeah, and the like. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mm. you know, those sorts of things. So that's that's the way the, the script plays out in first tier. And thankfully, we're very close to moving beyond that right now. And uh, in this emerging paradigm, which we might talk about when we yeah. come back from the next break, is the last gasp of that first tier mm. expression of human behavior. Before we take a break, I just want to ask a question because uh, you yeah. were talking earlier about how we uh, how we move forward, how we evolve by, by seeing something uh, that someone's expressing a different value system, so a different way of solving problems. And we see that and it made me think of the mirror, un, uh, mirror neurons, which were discovered in 1992 by Giacomo Rizzolati and it's all in uh, macaque monkeys and it's a few creatures and of course uh, humans being the ones who, that uh, clearly use this, uh, these neurons to replicate, to see something that, that, that works yeah. and, uh, and replicate and, and move forward. And that's a really major piece actually I think in, in, the, human, uh, in the human brain that enables us to, to see something that's different from us and when we're open to it because of our life conditions, we're able to actually mirror that and to practice that and to become accustomed to and move forward with that. Yeah, that develops fairly early in life. And in fact, uh, traditionally in the, the uh, Eastern martial arts, the way of teaching children was not to instruct them in the same way that you would instruct an adult, but to mm. ask the child to stand behind the adult practitioners and copy them. Yeah. So, so that's a, a very long-established, you know, teaching mm. mechanism for for younger people. And I think as as we progress, we'll understand more about those mirror neurons and the holographic resonance that uh, is at the the foundation of that kind of behaviour. Mm. And uh, you know, we'll discover more sophisticated ways of using that holographic resonance for healing and other things. I like that holographic resonance. We'll leave that on that note. We'll take a break here. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. You're tuned to Future Sense, and just to remind you that you can look at and check out and listen to our podcasts via various various ways through your own platform, iTunes or other places, or from futuresense.it, our website. 
and our text, um, our um, I'm going to lost myself today. Funny, it must be something in the. Oh, it's a cosmic rays. Cosmic rays, mate. It's a yeah. cosmic rays, which, according to our, our guess here, is uh, going to de- increase cloud formation and thereby re- reduce global temperatures, according to the Chilling Stars. Which uh, thanks Dudley for always bringing our attention to that book, yeah, which we are familiar Dudley. with. If anyone is interested in uh, looking <laughs> into that, there's a great documentary which is free on YouTube called The Cloud Mystery. It's, yeah, it's, it's very worth good. watching. Indeed. Uh, so yes, our podcast at Future Sense Show in Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page for Future Sense, and also on the Bay FM page, the program page for Future Sense, you can listen to the whole show, which includes all the music and everything else. The edited versions are available a couple of days after uh, via, as I said, the website futuresense.it or the Twitter account at Future Sense Show. We're stumbling through today in a beautiful way, and happy to do so too. That's right. It's I love amazing it. what those cosmic rays can it do. It is indeed. So we're just at uh, coming to the end of the first tier set of value systems, talking about problem-solving strategies and how we're driven to address problems in different ways in the first tier, and also how we can spiral down to more simple value sets when we run into an issue that can't seem to be solved in a sort of a day an everyday way from our our most common value set. You know, we'll, we'll slip backwards to the previous value set and even go further uh, if we have trouble solving the problem and of course what that means is that our our behavior becomes more raw and and really more primitive as we go further back down that value set yes. uh, and uh, we're up to layer six which is the emerging paradigm so uh, this is a paradigm that might be very familiar to you if you're listening to this show uh, but for most people in the world the majority uh, are not quite there yet or they're perhaps moving into it and we're seeing more and more evidence of that around the world as uh, as people come together in protest of the old ways the modern scientific industrial ways in particular so uh, that's that's telling us that more and more people are being driven by the complexity of their life conditions to change their worldview, change their values. And they're becoming more sophisticated in some ways at sometimes those rebellions. We were talking to a good friend of ours last night, uh, part of the Adani protest, for example, and about the, the quite sophisticated structure of the protests there and also some of the problems that are emerging within that structure as well. That's right, yeah. Hi, Georgie, if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgie was saying that um, the these uh, layer six values that we're just about to talk about, mm. you know, are quite prominent uh, from her experience. And uh, one of the common uh, problems that can arise in communities where layer six values are the dominant value system arises from the tendency to want to uh, have ultimate equality where everybody has access to everything, everybody can have their say, you know, everybody can be free to do what they feel is right. And when you have people from values, other value systems who then come into the community and often they're attracted because of that freedom, yeah. uh, you might, for example, get somebody from uh, layer three values who's all about being ultimately free to do whatever they want and, and self uh, consumed to the point where they're they, they at layer three that by definition they don't have the capacity to really consider their impact uh, on other people yes. you know, before they act it te- they tend to be very very impulsive and and so you get these unexpected kind of problems that crop up and because in the first tier mm. we tend to work on the assumption that everybody's like us uh, and we don't we're not really aware that there are different value systems and when we bump, bump into them we obviously know that they're different than ours but we tend to kind of judge them or label them as being wrong or, or assume the person's got a problem yeah uh, so so you, you, it's quite common in layer six created communities to find uh, 
intermittent disruption from other value systems that have come in, you know, most likely been attracted because of the, the freedom that they see yes. and the companionship, mm. uh, and then when they and express the, and their the, values. And the natural openness that uh, that, uh, that layer will, will begin their uh, process of accepting someone else in a way because of yeah. the ideal that everybody's equal and the ideal that everything should be, everybody should have equal access to, as you said before, and yet faced with uh, someone who arrives or a collection of people who arrive with a different value system, there's quite a difficulty for many people to receive those people and it will become also a, a rejection that may occur there. And that's probably very problematic for, for people in that on that layer, I imagine. Well, it is, yeah, because you know if you're operating from layer three where you're just operating uh, impulsively and seeking to make the world fit with what you need and, and to, to satisfy yourself all the time, then you, like anybody in any first tier value system, you expect everyone else to be like you. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, if you come in sort of fairly raw and, and full on, then you expect that anyone who doesn't like that would come back at you the same way. Mm. And so value systems that aren't inclined to behave that way won't do that. And, and so you assume that everything's cool, you know, and, and it, that obviously creates mm. issues. I mean, there's been some great examples recently just on the, on the protesting. Uh, I'm thinking now of the Bentley blockade uh, a few years ago, which was very successful. And one could argue that uh, whatever problems that, that we're articulating right now, that those different value systems coming into that uh, that layer, um, were were obviously dealt with quite well because there seemed to be a very coherent uh, community of actors out there that succeeded in doing what they did, and there was a really good structure. And of course, it's it's touted as an example of of in a sense, you know, evolved yeah. protesting. Yeah. Look, I. You know, I haven't studied it in any detail, but mm. from what I saw of that blockade, I really strongly suspect that there was some second-tier leadership at play there yeah. because it was managed so well. Yes, yeah. indeed. And, and, of course, it, it worked. And it worked, and hopefully the Adani thing will do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely, indeed. absolutely. Yeah. So for Layer 6, the, the ultimate problem-solving strategy is to rebalance things. You know, Layer 6 has inherited a world that is out of balance, uh, it reminds me of the Koyana Skatsi uh, movie. Oh, yes. Um, and so the logical thing to do is to rebalance things, is to look for what's out of balance and to try and rebalance it. And that is done through connecting deeply with other people, through communication, lots of communication. <laughs> and communication can include demonstrations and protests. And sometimes excessive communication. I mean, that was the uh, the inflection that you that you delivered there, isn't it? Because some sometimes it can just be too much talk and not enough action. It's all relative, you know. Like <laughs> if you're at layer six, then it, there's no such thing as too much communication, really. Um, so it depends where you're looking mm-hmm. from. Um, and the the other thing is the redistribution of resources, and you hear you know calls for that all the time. Mm-hmm. And and again, this is because uh, layer six has inherited a world where everything's out of balance and. Mm-hmm. And the allocation of resources is one of the most obvious things, particularly money, where mm. you know, a small percentage of people have got most of the money in the world. Yeah. Well, the ideas of universal basic income are being discussed more and more and more and more places as we move forward right now for that very reason. Yeah, yeah e- exactly, mm. exactly. Uh, and Layer 6 is a self-sacrifice system, so it's primarily concerned about internal change. And it, it does work very well in community uh, in a shared way, to seek that internal change where you know a group of people will come together who all want to change themselves somehow and they'll share their experiences and strategies with each other yes. and, and help each other make that internal change and that's a really important yeah. part of the process at layer six. Uh, so we and so there's a big focus on healing as well. You know, part of the internal change is to address anything inside us that, that needs 
healing from our previous experiences and so that those can be experiences received in previous value systems mm. at earlier ages in life and this is a very important part of laying a solid foundation for what graves called the momentous leap into second tier this biggest change that humanity has ever made you know far bigger than any of the changes between the value systems in the first tier mm. uh, we need to be well and we need to be solid we have a solid foundation to make that big leap mm. uh, and um, being a self-sacrifice system, it's not overly focused on changing the external world. I mean, there'll be a lot of talk about that. There'll be a lot of protests and demonstrations and calls for changing the external world, but it's it's not uh, a value system that is primarily focused on that. And, and that's not to say that it, it won't and it is not already changing social systems and those sorts of things. It certainly is. Uh, but the, the fundamental focus is on changing ourselves in, in this system. And often the change the external change will come through things like closer community bonds sharing resources in community and those sorts of things which just naturally lead to to external changes yeah i think as you're speaking there of uh, obvious examples like men's groups and women's groups arising in the last generation or so uh, men's groups from the particularly from robert Bly's book iron man a number of years ago but that that idea of men sitting down together and actually being more honest, more authentic, and trying to deal with the problems that they're having in their in their life with the with the women, the family, the whatever in you know, their jobs, their careers, yeah. uh, all of those parts of their own of the male psychology, and the same on the female side, the sort of empowerment, the re-empowerment of, of the feminine. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you look at these uh, individual and communal value systems, which you can also call masculine and feminine, and, and in the modern era, the the it would seem to be very very problematic for women and there was this big thing about the glass ceiling and how do women get into leadership positions all that kind mm. of stuff and now that we're moving into a communal feminine system it's like the shoes on the other foot and the women the, the men are talking about how do we be men in this in this new way of you know being human mm. we need to get together and talk about that and figure it out yeah it's a, it's a topic actually the men male and female one we could probably should explore in depth at some point i think uh, there's quite a lot of feedback we get um from from people regarding this too yeah so, yeah, we, we should look well, at yeah, that. Yeah, we might have to see if we Indeed. can get some experts to come in and talk to us about that. <laughs> uh, we have a um, have a text in, actually, from uh, from George, George Ciartis, one of our regular listeners, G'day, I think George. also in Melbourne. How are you doing, mate? Um, talking about Bobby Klein's I Ching, which we often refer to on Mondays, not today so far. He says, the message for today had an interesting message about change. You and your environment change constantly. What does not change is that your soul needs constant nourishment. Important lesson to remember when considering problems is to look after yourself in the process of solving them, which may include a healthy dose of future sense. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, recommended, George. recommended. Although the host is not a doctor. <laughs> no, Thanks, George. That's great. Mm. Very, very good advice. And uh, we do enjoy Bobby's uh, weekly messages that he sends out. Yeah. Yes, uh, and uh, we in the news uh, recently there. Uh, was a story about a community in upstate New York at a yeah. town called Kingston, Kingston. that's mm. uh, doing some interesting stuff, Nick. Yes, yeah, you can check out in The Guardian, uh, the article is called The US City Preparing Itself for the Collapse of Capitalism. And it's a small town, uh, 23,000 or so people, but diverse, being upstate New York, and uh, doing some pretty amazing things. And I think we talk quite often on this show, we mention the word resilience, and it's a word, it's a buzzword that's out there, and it's a very good word because we're looking at the necessary movement of, uh, of our focus, arguably, towards smaller, resilient communities. And uh, 
this is a very good example of exactly that. And clearly, you know, Byron Shah has elements of these things, and many people would argue that, that we've gone backwards and we're not doing enough, and probably all those things are true. But in a sense, we are, I think, many people uh, having this, this notion of how do we create a smaller, coherent, resilient community in order to move forward at this point. Yeah, it's a really important issue because as we see the further decline of the modern scientific industrial era's social systems, then we we need to uh, build new systems to take that the place of those larger systems. And the the obvious and most effective way to do that is to start locally, and uh, that will will service in many different ways. I mean, it appeals very much to these layer six values in mm. terms of reconnection, deep connection with people, which happens face to face and not remotely over social media and those sorts of things. And also a return to a more healthy lifestyle where we can have firsthand knowledge of how our food is grown and whether it's had poison sprayed on it and those sorts of things. You know, perhaps know that people actually grow the food and participate in local markets. All of these things are, are wonderful for building local mm. community. And, uh, and we really, in my opinion, do need to focus on resilience and, and to build local systems that could support us as the larger scale uh, scientific industrial systems decline further because it, you can look around right now and you can see lots and lots of evidence not only of the fact that our governments are becoming less effective in making things happen and therefore more desperate to try and control people but also that uh, things like our infrastructure uh, is declining um, as we as our technology is changing and we're mm. moving away from the old-fashioned telephones you know our telephone networks are degrading uh, and um, our power networks are doing the same thing, you know, as people are starting to generate their own power with, mm. with re renewable energy uh, devices. There's, um, there are problems sustaining financially our coal-fired power systems and a lot of pressure anyway, you know, to cut down the pollution that they create. One of the interesting things about Kingston, uh, about what they've done there, is to do with art and, uh, as you're saying, these collapsing systems. And they talk about here America's healthcare system, which has uh, clearly uh, got many problems, uh, as ours does too. America's healthcare system has long been in shambles then and still today, where single payer care was available, premiums and deductibles were astronomical. Luckily, among their friends there in Kingston were doctors and dentists who valued the work we did as equal to their own, and that work was about art. So they came up with a plan, drawing on the age-old system of barter, we figured out a way to trade the art of medicine for the medicine of art. Kind of good. So basically they created these festivals and uh, licensed health professionals volunteered to staff uh, an on-site pop-up clinic. So basically, uh, they offer their services as uh, professionals in, in medicine for this experience of, um, of a collective uh, festival within the community. That's pretty cool, isn't it's it? pretty cool. It's pretty cool, pretty and it good. sounds like fun too. Sounds like fun, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Very good. Very interesting. I'll tweet a link to that story yeah. uh, after the show. Thanks for all your texts. We, we're not going to address them all. Uh, just a couple of things here. The Bentley Blockade, we mentioned before, was modelled on and directed by the leaders of the Terrania Creek Rainforest Logging Blockade the first Protect Our Forest direct action campaign. Yes, that's a good point, and uh, some of those old folks who really did a great job then and carried those uh, what they learnt forward into uh, a recent action like that. That's right, and them old folks, they were pioneers of Layer 6 you know, back then, Absolutely. and so it's, it's quite logical that they may be some of the first to move into applying second-tier principles to this stuff. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org.
Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.